We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Nosotros crecemos cuando damos. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Welcome to ROG, Return on Generosity. I'm your host, Shannon Cassidy. This podcast celebrates generosity at work, not financial giving. Giving valuable time, mutual respect, alternative perspectives, and genuine collaboration. Our special guest today is Justin Connolly, president of Platform Distribution for Disney Media and Entertainment Distribution. Justin and his team lead all distribution activities across theatrical and home entertainment, including domestic and international theatrical distribution of all films produced and released by the Walt Disney Studios and its collection of respected studios. They also manage all of the aspects of North American distribution, affiliate marketing, and affiliate-related business operations for all of the services provided by Disney and ESPN's portfolio of media networks. Justin and I met through a mutual friend, Lori LeBas, many years ago. He's always a person I ask to speak at leadership programs and team events at ESPN. And because he's so generous and willing to invest in others, he agrees to participate and is always the highlight. Justin is a true example of authentic and generous leadership. He's this balance of humility and excellence. He has a bachelor's and MBA from Harvard, a Boston native, so he's a fellow Red Sox fan, and a treasured friend. Welcome to ROG, Justin. Hey, Shannon, thanks so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here and excited to have the conversation today. Thank you. Same here, really. I mean, when I launched this podcast, I thought through my Rolodex of leaders who I've had the opportunity to learn from and witness. And you came top of the list when I thought of who are the most generous leaders that I've ever seen in action. And I think talking about this topic is similar to me asking you how you breathe, because I don't think that you do this Maybe not. We'll learn. But I, I think you are just a very naturally generous leader. And I appreciate you making time. Well, I, by the way, thank you for saying that. And I know uh, we both know that, that you've done a lot of work with our organization. And so, you know, the culture that we're trying to build, the people that, that really kind of work and drive and, and create that culture within our organization. And look, I think we all share this interest in trying to be generous to each other. Uh, and, and generous with our time, our resources, all of those dynamics, because ultimately we're really believers and invested in the notion that it drives a more effective output at the Walt Disney Company and at ESPN. Yes, I totally agree. How would you describe generosity at work? There are a lot of different dynamics to that, but from my perspective, it, it starts with time and it starts with the notion of how you spend your time and what you do with it making time for others, even though at first blush, it may seem like it's taking away from something else, being generous with the wisdom you have, with the information you have, in order to be open and sharing and collaborative. All of those things, from my perspective, run through that filter of generosity. Likewise, you know, you can talk about feedback, you can talk about mentorship, and and also letting others shine, creating space for others intentionally. All of those things, again, from my perspective, uh, map really well to the notion of generosity. Yes, I totally agree with that. And how did you come to this understanding of 
how to be a leader and how to be such a contributor in this way of giving time and wisdom, feedback and intentional exposure. How, how did this come to be in your life? It's a great question. I'm, I'm not sure I've ever really sort of delved into that specifically, but if I, if I had to step back, a piece of it, and I think this is true for everyone, comes from you know, your upbringing, your role models, the people who have shaped you in the way that you view the world. And so that starts at home. My, my parents were both great role models to me. I had a working mom. I like to describe her as, as just a total badass when it comes to doing everything related to strong in raising our family, uh, but also incredibly strong when you know she went into the, to, to the working world. She was a lawyer by background. She ultimately was a judge. She, she was just amazing, an amazing role model. And, you know, some of the things that I saw in the way that she approached the world uh, stuck with me. I mean, she knew the names of the people who, you know, would, uh, would, would clean the courthouse. She would know the names of the people that worked in corners of the law office she was in that didn't necessarily interact with her every day. But that was part of the way that she really felt a sense of being a part of a community and being connected um, and making sure that she knew those people and not just by name, but she knew their families. She knew who they were. She cared about them. Right. And that care and respect really shone through. And you see the way that people respond to it. They, they, I think they show up differently when they believe and they feel genuine care. My dad was, was similar. My dad was in elected politics for a number of years and then, uh, and then transitioned out of that. But, but he, he really had this drive around people feeling a sense of dignity and a sense of connection. He was always trying to help people get jobs, uh, feel a sense of self-worth and connection to the work they did. And so that's really where it starts for me. I think those are two incredible role models that I've had. I'm incredibly fortunate to have that um, and, and the values and the way that they connected with the community are things that were always important to me. Wow, Justin, thank you. And for you to have witnessed that as, as a young person, seeing your parents both at home and in the workplace demonstrating that generosity. I love that investment in the people in the courthouse and creating ways that people can experience dignity and respect is is something so remarkable. And I can absolutely see that cascading in your leadership. And I heard recently on a Brene Brown interview, her guest said, how do you spell love? And the guest said, T-I-M-E. And what you're saying is, yes, you're investing your time. You care enough about people to know their family, know their situation, connect with them. And that's, that's an incredible thing. So when you think about generosity at work, what associations do you have? Or, you know, what are ways in which you would, des- how, how would you describe it? And how have you seen it? As I think about instances where I've been the recipient of generosity and, and the way that that makes, makes me feel and the way that that motivates me. I think through different examples coming up in my career and whether that was, you know, an instance where 
you know, I made a, a, a pretty, I don't know if you'd call it drastic, and it certainly wasn't, wasn't catastrophic, but embarrassing mistake in a meeting and just being off base with a, with a set of facts and numbers and having a manager and leader sort of step in and, you know, take ownership of the mistake. I worked for that person. Is a, it, it's just an early memory I have of that protection and safety of having a manager and leader that truly cared and was willing to, you know, sacrifice a bit of their own reputation or capital for the benefit of my own growth and development. And I think about that moment a lot. And, and that is a moment of courage. It's a moment of power. It's a moment of, uh, of example. And that's all the way back to very early in my career as an analyst of the Walt Disney Company. But that moment, I don't know, it just changed something for me. It, 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 it was modeling incredible behavior. And I think about that in terms of that was generosity at the core, right? And it's not something that everybody does. And it's not an approach they take. But it was certainly formative for me. So, so that's one. I mean, look, there are others in terms of, I think back to moments, and they, they're awkward conversations at the core, where I've had colleagues um, and I've had managers give me feedback. And, and I'll give you an example that's really mundane, but I, I loved it in the moment. It was about it being at a business meal. And someone gave me feedback on my posture. Sort of, I was hunched and like crowding the table and like such a small item, but it sticks with me that I think most managers wouldn't think twice to give that feedback and they just let it go. It was actually a really interesting, it was a breakfast and it was with a client customer. And, you know, we kind of got to the end. The, the, the customer excused themselves and the manager just said, hey, just a quick bit of feedback for you. You're, you're sort of hunched over and it's making the conversation feel less open and, and it feels guarded. And, and I mean, again, what a small moment, right? But, but just power to have someone provide that feedback um, and, and really to have it be detailed, specific. Anyway, I, I go back to that again early in my career, but I think about that and I think about the difference it makes in terms of the way I show up. And, and I think about ways that I can try to provide that same level of feedback. And, and by the way, part of that feedback was that person being focused and thoughtful on what was going on around that table in the moment. And that, again, that, that to me, packs back to generosity. When we come back, Justin will share about how feedback can help us grow from being a good contributor to an amazing contributor. Introducing the brand new QuadPod Podcast Network. At QuadPod, we have a variety of podcasts that are as unique as you. When you visit quadpod.com, you'll see our shows listed by category as well as average episode length. 
find a new podcast at qodpod.com. The Quad Pod Podcast Network. That's qodpod.com. And we're back with more from Justin Connolly. Yeah, I, I, and by the way, our team, our group is in uh, uh, really a sales role. We have a lot of external engagement. And, and, and the other example I think of, and I think of the feedback I've gotten in the same way, the words we use, the, the, the way we position things to, to be positive, to be optimistic, to be, you know, sort of forward leading even in the way we write communications that way. Again, I, I put that under that same umbrella. And to your point, look, the collection of a series of small improvements, I think lead to you know, outsized growth as it relates to how someone can go from you know, being a, a, a solid contributor, a good contributor to a great or, or, or really a, just a, an amazing contributor in the way that they show up generally. And so, so all of those things matter. And to your point, giving that feedback in the moment, having it be real, being able to hold on to that moment and be reflective on it, critically important, and, and all sit on that generosity map. Something that I observe in you, Justin, is consistency. Like what you see is what you get. And I, at least, have never witnessed a different version of you. And what that often means is authenticity. What do you think is contributing to your presence or your, you know, consistent way of, of being so invested in other people? I guess the, um, at the core of that is there are times when I, I, I feel like maybe I'm imitating something or someone and it just, it doesn't feel natural. Right. Like it, it feel something feels off. I think when you try to extend yourself to model a behavior and approach that, that doesn't fit with who you are or your personality. And, and so there are those moments with, without question where after a meeting, and by the way, and it happens frequently, I, I can think of a meeting earlier this week where I just didn't show up right. I, I was, it was it was on you know it was on a Monday, uh, and I don't know I, I I just wasn't bringing the most positive vibe. It was a little bit of uh, uh, being cynical, being down, and and I can just remember post meeting thinking to myself, "Geez, like that that wasn't my best." That's not the way I want to show up. It's not typically how I show up and, and kind of, all right, let me put it behind me and keep going. Yeah, the colleagues have your back and they don't just have it in the output and work product. They have it in detecting when something isn't right and sort of investing back in you or doing the check-in with you to make sure that, hey, is everything everything going okay? Because that meeting or that interaction wasn't where we usually are. You know? Yeah, I think that's so great. And, you know, we're talking about return on generosity. And I don't think that we, most of us, don't give so that we can get. 
but inherently there are rewards, there are dividends. And that's one of them. There's two things that I heard as rewards in what you just described. One of them is benefit of the doubt. That when you have invested so consistently in these core relationships, in your team, in your direct reports, in your organization, that you get, I call it equity in the account. There's grace. And then the other thing that you talked about is that personal connection and that you create genuine relationships and friendships, like people who really care about you and they see you and they recognize you and they want to make sure that you're all right. That's, that's the best that I can imagine. No question. It's become somewhat common that, you know, people do change careers, they change teams, they change jobs. And I am struck within our area when that happens, how frequently people go back to the people and the relationships is what made their experience special or made their uh, experience powerful uh, and valuable. And so, yeah, I mean, I do think what you're talking about is if we are all generous with each other and we're all making those deposits, ultimately, we all do have to tap that equity at some point in some way when things get tough when you know there are challenges whether that's at the business or in your life generally and and there's a return on on that generosity i actually think that's exactly why you invest in the culture you invest in the approach because ultimately i i do think this is a you know rising tide of generosity uh raises all boats with it that's what I've found. And I, I think that's what our organization has found over time. <laughs> you know, you're responsible for five or 600 people. So you, you get a chance to witness a lot of leaders in action. So talk to me about servant leadership. Yeah, I think um, some of the mentors I've had and, and the people that I look up to most and that I feel most connected to as leaders sort of embody that principle of, of servant leadership. I think at the core, it's really about the idea that the, the, the leader or manager, their job is not about making themselves look good. The essence of servant leadership, from my perspective, is that the job of the leader is to make sure that those who work on the team have an opportunity not just to shine, but an opportunity to do their job, to have the hurdles cleared, to be able to work efficiently and effectively so that at the end of the day, they feel like they have accomplished something and they feel a sense of purpose. And it's not just in service of elevating the manager or the leader themselves. It's really in service of elevating the organization by clearing the hurdles for the team to be able to get the work done and the job done. I think it it sort of boils down to who do you work for? Do you work for your boss or do you work for the people that you manage and lead? And I, I tend to think that the answer to that is both, but you really should be spending your time and your focus on working for the people that you manage and lead, period. And your peers, your commitment to and attention toward your peers, the, the lateral team that you have, because I think there's so much 
that you all are responsible for. And it might feel like there's competition or that you're maybe more like the United Nations where you're all representing your own constituents. I think one of the things that stifles performance in a major way is when people protect information, when they aren't forthcoming, they don't share it, they're not transparent, um, especially in this day and age where knowledge and, and wisdom is and information is power. And the idea is, how do you share that? How do you share that across the organization so that people can work more effectively, more efficiently, but also make the best decision because the information is shared and the expertise is shared to get you to an outcome that's better than you otherwise might get to, to the extent that people are hoarding that information. Again, it maps to generosity, but that idea of being collaborative, being open and sharing is important and it's not natural. I think some people view information and they view expertise as maybe their, the, the special sauce or the secret sauce that will allow them to excel, potentially at the expense of others. And you have to figure out a way to break that down in order to have the information flow you know, horizontally across the organization. What do you think is the reason why people hoard information? And I also want to know, how do you overcome that? Because I think this is a very common challenge. Yeah, look, I think there are two or three things in there. One is that, that people will do that at times out of self-preservation, right? If they are the expert in a particular area, if they're indispensable with a particular piece of knowledge, there is a sense of security there, right? That, that they are needed or necessary to the extent they are the only people with that information. That's one. Two is at times people are rewarded for that, right? They are rewarded for their expertise. And so they feel like if they are conferring it on others, they potentially lose a bit of control uh, as it relates to doing that. And then, you know, look, third, there are times where certain people want to look like the smartest person in the room in a moment, right? To the extent they're the only person with that information, that's the way in which they can grab the spotlight, again, momentarily. And, and so... Some combination of those dynamics are at play. The opportunity, and, and I, I see it again and again and again, is that when you open up and you share that information, it actually invites others to do the same. It, it creates a sense of trust, a sense of collaboration. It cuts down on the number of times that you have to say, well, geez, in light of that information, now let me reconsider the decision set that sits in front of us. Look, you reduce cycles, you create efficiency, and then sort of last but not least, if you can create that loop and make it sort of virtuous, you can increase not just the efficiency, but you can increase the capacity to make decisions, the ability to move quickly, to produce results. All, all of those things come from it, but it's not easy because I do think human nature is at times to be protective. And, and that protective gene is not necessarily aligned with sharing out of the gate. So before we wrap, what is one of your favorite quotes and what does it mean to you? The one that's been with me for a long time, and, and this uh, was, again, a mentor and friend. Uh, he actually ran the school I attended. 
uh, growing up. And he used to say, to whom much is given, much is expected. Um, and I always love that. And, and there are different versions of that, you know, to whom much is given, much is required. But he was intentional on to whom much is given, much is expected. Look, at the core, right, it really does dwell on the notion that, you know, some of us are, are blessed with good fortune and have a lot of gifts that were provided to us that weren't necessarily uh, earned um, and, and, and we're blessed, we're, we're fortunate, and we have to take those blessings or those gifts or that good fortune and figure out a way to confer that on others um, and, and pay it back and pay it forward. Uh, and so that one's always stuck with me. Um, and, you know, it's one that, look, it, it, I think it is the essence of, of how you build a better community, a better organization, et cetera. You can't just take your benefits and you can't just take the gifts that were given to you and, and keep them for yourself. You've got to figure out a way to have them multiply. And it's why I love this, this whole concept of, of generosity. The, the other one, which is a little different, it, it's actually not quite about generosity, but, but I've, I've really found this to be true, especially recently. And that is the notion that, you know, success has many parents and failure is an orphan. And it, it doesn't have to do with generosity per se, but I am watching in terms of you know successes and folks who attach their name to success um, and and whether they had a hand in it or not um, and then you know how failure is quickly not just pushed to the side but people run from it and the reason i like the quote is is i, I actually think it sort of pokes that notion that uh, within failure i actually think great success can come um, and, and I think at times people fear failure at the core, but it's part of life. It's a part of reality. And, and I think that, you know, all of us have to be comfortable with the notion of failure and, and not sort of run from those failures, but own them as much as we own any success that we're a part of um, in trying to shape who we are and trying to shape the organization and the people we work with in terms of creating that safety net for failure. Um, and also, and I like the idea of success having many parents sharing the success equally and across the board. Thank you for investing your time and sharing your wisdom and experience with us, Justin. I'm really grateful for you. No, I appreciate it, Shannon. And thank you. Appreciate everything you do uh, in connecting with our organization. I always enjoy catching up with you. So appreciate the time. ROG Takeaway Tip, how to apply what we've learned to our own work and lives. See why I admire and appreciate Justin? He's the real deal. What you just heard is the tone and transparency you always get with him. And that's the theme of our takeaway tip. Be consistent. Consistency earns trust. If that's not yet a strength of yours, consider these reasons why you may not be consistent. And I don't mean this to say that you can never have a bad day because we all have days of stormy weather. Rather, the people in your life, professionally and personally, don't have to look up the forecast in anticipation of interacting with you. You know what I mean? 
you may be asking yourself to be something you aren't. You're trying to role play a character that you don't naturally vibe with. Or maybe you're emotionally triggered and relinquishing some of your emotional self-control in a certain situation or with a select few individuals. And then another reason may be ego. You may be tempted by the allure of recognition and reward for your own contribution. So what are the opposite of those things? Number one, authenticity. As St. Francis de Sales says, be who you are and be that well. You're the only one of you that we get. So be you. Number two, emotional intelligence. It's the competency each of us must develop to manage how our feelings affect our behavior. We're human. And part of being human is that we feel first. Not some of us, all of us. The signals reach our limbic system that cause us to feel something. And then it travels to the frontal lobe where we have rational thought. Becoming more emotionally intelligent will give us the capacity to pause before we react if we're being triggered. And then third, servant leadership. As a leader, your role and responsibility is to enhance and encourage the best in others. Justin described it as, who do you work for? Prioritizing the people that you're responsible to and investing in them takes the focus off of us. It's not about our individual achievements and productivity. Our role is the investment in and encouragement of individuals and teams. Until next week, stay generous, everyone. Thanks for listening to ROG, Return on Generosity podcast. Please help us grow by subscribing and reviewing us on your favorite podcast player. And for more information, visit bridgebetween.com. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give.